welcome to the sixth episode of Downton Gabby. We are your second season Auxiliary Reviewing Society. I am Shannon Bowen in Oakland. We have Teresa Schechter from Brooklyn, Brandy Sperry from Seattle, and Rachel Horowitz also from Oakland. We are bringing our sassy insights with more booze and less refinement as you know by now listening to this podcast to discuss what was quite an exciting episode. Lots to discuss, lots to make fun of. So ladies, let's begin. So this episode finds a certain mysterious visitor at Downton, a soldier who has been badly burned and who eventually, sort of after dancing around it for a maddeningly long period of time, claims to be the long-lost heir to the Downton estate, Patrick, who supposedly perished on the Titanic six years earlier. I feel like this storyline is really irritating. How does everybody else feel? <laughs> it's so crazy. I, I was so confused from start to finish. First of all, why does he play the cra- weird games with Edith? Well, well, it's like classic con man, right? Instead of coming out and saying what he's claiming, he dances around it until she says it, and so then she thinks it's like her own idea. Yeah, I I took him seriously at first. I didn't think he was some kind of grifter. <laughs> uh, so I was like, why is he being so passive aggressive? He he guilts her. He's like. I was I've been waiting for you guys to to recognize me even though I don't sound like me or look like me. Yeah, he's like the most annoying pathetic potential heir ever. I think that's why everybody's like, "Really? He's back? But well, we really like Matthew." <laughs> well, but but we better skip only, check out his story. <laughs> only Edith and uh Lord Grantham even talked to him, right? Or probably right. Sybil does at some point, but Mary never even like enters a room with him. She just refuses. So it's not even that like it's irritating. Weird. It's just that she's like, no, no. <laughs> <clears throat> Whose dog is that? Is that a dog? Sorry, it's my roommate's dog. <laughs> Excellent. And and does the dog watch Downton Abbey? What does he um... think of ISIS? <laughs> dog really dislikes Patrick Gordon. That's why the barking is happening. <laughs> Look, this is this is like one of those things where I feel like Julian Fellows had to go on a junket, press junket, and he left his intern with the task of writing this storyline. Although I'm not giving enough credit <laughs> to interns because it's just so bad and stupid. Um, how, how would you not recognize this person that you grew up with your whole life? Okay, and he sounds Canadian. I'm Canadian. Okay. Uh. <laughs> a, he doesn't sound Canadian. He sounds manic. How could you ever forget that voice? It is the most annoying masculine voice ever. How could you ever forget that? You'd be like, oh, Squeaky's back. He's <laughs> I mean, did he do the voice of Wheezy in the Toy Story movies? I was going to say his voice is exactly like a, a prince or something in a Disney cartoon. It's it's like he talks like this. And how was I to ever know? It's the most terrible 
But I, I guess I was so confused the entire time by what we're supposed to be feeling. Like, are we supposed to believe him? I was just totally thrown off by the by the point of it. Like, what do you guys think the point was? I honestly have no idea. The point was to make Edith lose again. I know, poor Edith. <laughs> Edith. Poor she really. I don't know. Maybe it's a. She just has bad taste in men. I don't know. Is it her or is it the men? <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. No, I mean, it's she's vulnerable. Well, yeah. What did you say about her before, Shannon? She'll hitch herself to any wagon or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> she's not picky. You know, old guy, uh, farmer, and disfigured, squeaky guy. You know. I don't know. I I feel feel bad for her though because I think she's really turned into a kind person in this season and she's really being kind to him when nobody else is whether he deserves that or not. I don't know, but she is being really kind and it is sad that she once again gets left without a word. Every time these men just disappear. Do we get a hint? Did we get this in the first season? I can't remember, but do we get a hint in this this time around that she really was in love with Patrick even when Mary yes. was engaged to him. Yeah, they talk about that in the first season. Just the whole weird like his exchange with Lord Grantham where like Lord Grantham is you can't call me Robert yet. You have to call me Lord Grantham and I, I keep just, I keep thinking you're either recognizing him or not. You know? It's yeah. just like either you do or you don't. You know who he is? You know what? If somebody I grew up with showed up and had burns on his face and had a different accent, I would still recognize them. Yeah, I mean, if my sis, if I didn't see my sister for like six years and then she called me up, but she was speaking in a Cockney accent, I would still know it was her. You know? <laughs> well, especially she still had her hair color, her height, her eyeballs. Yeah. Her yeah. You know. her, her body shape, everything. Yeah, come on. This is not Face Off starring Nicolas Cage and John <laughs> Awesome. I was reading, I would love your guys' thoughts on this. I was reading somewhere online um, yesterday about people being um, not very excited about season two in general, like having a lot of these super melodramatic uh, plot points and like the breakneck speed of the season is kind of hard to keep up with and a little bit strange. It's just not as, do you guys think it's not as good as the first season? And a lot of people point out that like Friday Night Lights had a really weak second season. Like, are we in kind of a second season slump? Maybe a little bit. I feel like there was also, besides the storyline, there was a lot of stuff in this episode that was kind of setting things up, which has me hopeful for where things are going for the last few hours. Yeah. But I don't know. It does feel like there tends to be this trend in television where in your second season you try out a bunch of different things to kind of see what your show is going to be in the long run. Yeah. And and there's definitely a lot of trial and error. I like this season. I mean, I know it's really soapy and they make kind of silly decisions, but I feel like if it was just straight up good and serious, I don't know if I'd like it as much. I mean, I like that it kind of is ridiculous. <laughs> I do. Yeah. It just, maybe, you know, I did watch a lot of Days of Our Lives growing up, so maybe it's a taste <laughs> level on my part, but I like it. It's fun. 
So do we feel that Patrick is gone for good or he's coming back later sometime? Like, was that part of setting up for something or just a one-time thing? That's what I cannot figure out. I hope he comes back or else then it's really stupid. That he just showed up for that little thing. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder. Although Lost I... did like a million storylines like this, so. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about season two and like the thing that, that I, like I can take the melodramatic plot twist, but I really don't like in any drama or comedy for that matter is when characters don't remain true to themselves. You know, like when a character starts doing things that are out of character, that's yeah. what, what really bugs me. Um, and I, I'm a little worried about a few people doing strangely out of character things. Who are you worried about? I'm worried about Lord Grantham. Yeah. He's not doing Maybe. too well with being sort of superfluous during the war. He seems extra cranky and yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't like really him in Cora fight for the Yeah, I was gonna say I don't like the tension at the end with them. It's... I feel like Lord Grantham is he gets annoyed at Cora, their fight. He's he gets really annoyed at how frivolous she can be. It's like hello. Her whole point is to be frivolous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well he calls but her what? Not... Heartless or something like that? It's kind of harsh. I don't remember exactly really what the line is. Or you can but be I, so but unfeeling. I being like, Damn. That you can unfeeling, yeah, I think is what it is. Curiously unfeeling or something. Well, Cora seems to think that Mary needs to get married by any means necessary. So Sir Richard is like rich and powerful. And for her, it's like, oh, thank God Sir Richard is here to marry my tarnished, dirty daughter. Yeah. Like, can you say loveless marriage? Like, I can't think of any positive thing about their relationship at all. I mean, she's walking into this with, like, no <laughs> no feelings towards him at all, except occasional, like, disgust. It's 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 weird. She, I actually feel for him a little bit because she resents, she actively resents him for being available, you know? Like... You don't have to marry him. I mean, I think she feels a little bit blackmailed at this point, but she really did it, and she still doesn't. And she almost resents the fact that she can't be with the man she really loves. So I have to be with this guy, and I'm not going to be that happy about it. And I don't know who to be mad at, so I'm going to be mad at this guy. That about sums it up. Yeah. Is she mad? Does she is she mad at the system? Like, do we feel that deep down she's just a little bit pissed that she can't inherit, you know, Downton and like what is she? She seems very frustrated. Or is she just mad that she, because she loves Matthew? I think it's a lot of things. Yeah, she's been mad at the system since the beginning of this series. She's just constantly mad at the system. I think. But it's interesting, she's upset about it, but she doesn't change it. She resigns herself to it, where Sybil's upset about it, and she's trying to do something different with her life. I don't think Mary wants to live a different life, though. I think Mary likes being this really rich, you know, lady living in a giant house. I don't think Sybil cares, but Mary loves it. I think it's like Mary's—I can't imagine Mary wanting to— 
like live the simple life. I think that's why she, the whole thing with Matthew, when, when there was a thought that he wouldn't be the heir, I don't think she could like deal with being a middle-class lawyer's wife in Manchester. I totally agree. You could see it in her face at the end of season one, you know? Yeah. That was like, ooh, I don't know. I, I think she'd rather be unhappy and really rich with Sir Richard than be with someone she loves but be middle class. Is that really harsh of me to say? I really do. I, I totally agree, and I think we've got Mary's number. <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree with what you're saying, and yet I'm still totally, like, rooting for things to work out for her, so I don't know if that makes me basically, like, Carson in this equation, <laughs> where I just have <laughs> blinders on when it comes to Mary, but, but I don't know. I mean, for all of her faults, I just, I really feel for her and her inability to make good decisions for herself. I totally like Mary. I really, really do. I'm actually, I say all these things, but I, I want everything to work out perfectly for her, actually. So that kind of comes into another storyline in this show where I'm rooting for the Dowager and Cora to to succeed in their mission to get Isabel to leave Downton alone and give their, their house back. I'm on the side of the 1%. <laughs> I am too, because it's a little bit like, can we have our show back? <laughs> <laughs> The show is about rich people in a big house. Oh my god. Dowager hunting and pecking to to hit a, a chord with Isabel was, was one of the best scenes in season two. I love that. Oh, really? Oh, awesome. but the refugees. Oh no, there you struck a chord. Have I really? Have I? <laughs> Have I? Oh, thank god. So I good. love she just, but what about the, I was like, oh my God, if she doesn't do this with refugees, where, where did it go next? But the children, right? <laughs> but the gypsies. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Ethel, Ethel. Oh, the, the double standard, the slut shaming. Slut shaming is in full effect this episode. And when Mrs. Hughes tries to, like, explain it to her, and I'm just, like, getting mad, because I'm like, Ethel, you're totally right. This is a complete double standard, and Mrs. Hughes is like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like, someday it will. You know what's so bad of me is I didn't even catch the double standard at first. I was like, oh, poor Jade. She's a single mom. She could really use that job. I'm like, Ethel, you idiot. You deserve to be in your little hut with your baby. I think you've been oh. listening to tapes of Carson talking before falling asleep. You're getting brainwashed. Totally. This is yet another episode where the staff is stealing food. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and at the same time, Mrs. Patmore is all worried about like where she's going to get her sugar rations or whatever. So I'm like, what are they stealing? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like every other episode, there's some member of the staff who is stealing food from the house and giving it to someone else. And then they're found out and nothing happens. And the real victim here is O'Brien, who's really trying to pin it on someone and she's just never successful. <laughs> poor, poor O'Brien. Well, and then we have our favorite, Bates. 
Oh, God. Oh, yeah. World's biggest idiot. I mean, it's just like, I feel like he just walks into these <laughs> situations with Vera. Like, it'll be different. No, it's yeah. the same every time. And now, very mysterious. I love when he's yeah. dressing Lord Grantham and he's like, I wish you were dead. He's like, <laughs> better still the late Mrs. Bates. I'm like, Paige, don't, don't you know you're on a TV show? You can't say you want someone dead. Oh, turn around God. and be dead. Yeah. We can all hear you say that. Yeah. yeah. And I love Lord Grantham's like, whoa. Slow your roll. Bates is like, did I just say that out loud? <laughs> Bates's pissed face in that scene, his pissed face is like really disturbing. I don't like I don't get what motivates him totally. Uh, Bates, you're gonna brush your way right through that jacket. Calm down. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so I mean, he shows up with the, you know, cut or bruise or whatever on his face. I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? Did he do it? Well, he's so shady, too. He's like, it was worse than you'd ever imagine. Well, I would imagine murder is the worst it could be. <laughs> His worst is like, you know, she didn't offer me tea. Yeah. I don't know what to make of Bates. I don't understand him. I don't know what he's doing or why. I, I, I can't imagine he, like, murdered Vera, but... Uh... So here's my question. What? Okay, let's just take this for a minute. What if he really did kill Vera and he tells Anna, I killed her? Do you think she would still love him? Or do you think her sense of duty would keep her from loving him? I think she would love him. I think she would still love him. Yeah. yeah. I think her sense of loyalty to him is like, all, is how she defines herself now. I think she would just figure that she drove him to it and he was justified. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah it, would, it must have been self-defense or something. She would concoct some scenario in her mind. I right. feel like she would try to do that at first at least, but maybe over time it would just become too much for her. See, the other thing I was thinking was maybe Vera in her last possible way to get back at him exhausting every other opportunity basically kills herself and f makes it look like he did it frames him for her death well that's what i was thinking too yeah but she doesn't have much ammunition anymore since she you know sir richard has her story i mean do you think i don't know now i'm just thinking about sir richard i mean i don't know <laughs> Do you, which do you think is worse, Sir Richard or Branson? <laughs> bringing, bringing Branson back. Um, oh, I think Sir Richard's way worse. But Branson is harder for me to watch because I liked him so much at first. And now he just keeps getting douchier and douchier and more and more insistent that his opinion of Sybil's actions is the reality of her emotions rather than what she says is the reality of her emotions. And that uh, is just a huge pet peeve for me in the world of male-female relations, even in 1918. <laughs> uh, Sir Richard is getting pretty abusive, too. Like, the whole don't ever cross me. Ooh. That's a great scene, though. I mean, it's, it's yeah. like shit, but that's like a really well-written scene in an episode that otherwise is a little bit shaky. 
yeah, I think it's finally like you see, you kind of see the you we've you kind of see the thug in him. You you know you, we've had a sense all along that he he be, became the self-made man. He became in the industry that he's in by having sort of that mobster thug piece of him deep down in there. So it's kind of interesting to see it bubble up to Mary. Right. But he's not messing around at all. Gary. I almost feel like Carson is worse in a way, though, because... Carson? Carson. Branson. Oh, Branson. (laughs) Excuse me. It's like, Carson wouldn't harm a fly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Branson. Fuck you, Carson. Fuck you, Carson. (laughs) No. He would well he would if he he would slut shame Mary after True. seeing how he reacted to Ethel and you know, wanting her to wear a chastity <laughs> belt. Um but, but tell Branson, us what you're gonna say about Branson. Branson is more subtle. I mean, I feel like with Sir Richard, you know, someone's gonna see him do something extreme. He's not as he's not as uh covert. So I feel like someone could potentially step in and, you know, save Mary. But Carson's going to do it super emotionally <laughs> manipulative behind the scenes. You keep saying Carson. Oh, no. <laughs> and it's so gross to picture what? Carson and Sybil. <laughs> I don't know why I keep what, saying What, like, Carson. Freudian problem do you have uh... with Carson? <laughs> I just want Carson and Sybil to get together, guys. <laughs> I'm sick of being tension. Well, Shannon, you can post your Carson Sybil slash fiction to the Tumblr some other time. What's a what's a slash? Okay, slash fiction is fan fiction where you want a, like different people on the show to get together, so you just kind of write your own version. Not that I've ever done it. I actually have not. But isn't it fun to play? Isn't it fun to play in your head with different That's shows? That's amazing. Right, okay, like, yeah. Mary, Mary slash Carson. Ugh, no, that's, oh, that's no. a picture. Is, does anyone have a, sl- a slash for the show? Hmm. Mosley and Edith. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> That's so weird. What about... What about the Dowager and William's father? <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think it's sweet. Old <laughs> people deserve love, too. Slash fiction usually has a sex scene in it, Shannon. <laughs> Look, old people need sex, too, okay? What if Cora has an affair... What if Cora had an affair with the doctor? Oh God, the doctor. the most boring affair ever. He's asexual. <laughs> I forgot how much this group hates the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that's a moment. Like, <laughs> Sorry. Somebody <laughs> hearing like that. <laughs> I just found a Thomas William slash. Oh Lord, uh, I, don't, I don't like that. Uh, William did like look that. a little uh, gay. You guys, I totally, I I know, but I secretly thought that in my head while we were talking about that. Talk about the tingle from down under. Oh, Oh, no. Okay, yeah, there's a lot of sort of, there's like a whole series of weird cliffhanger scenes at the end of the 
episode, which we've kind of touched on all of those, except for what is it that Matthew says at the end? Well, it's first so of all, the, the war is over, guys. The war is over. Oh, yeah, we didn't over. talk about how the war is over. Oh, that. <laughs> I just want to know about Matthew's penis. I don't give a shit about the war. <laughs> Did you think it was his penis where he felt a little twinge? I don't. I'm, I'm just hopeful. I Penis. Yeah, I did. I was like, I'm like, there's no way he can walk again. That'd be ridiculous. So it must be a tingle in his penis so he can sire children. <laughs> You're definitely saying sire in quotations right now. I am because I'm every time they say it on the show, I tweeted this the other night. Like I only think of puppies. <laughs> Puppies? I think of vampires. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Siring a vampire? Mm. They always say they're siring. Their... Look, I've watched a lot of Buffy and read a lot of Anne Rice uh... in my day, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Me too. You're in safe company. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry for another day. Down... Oh, okay. what if Vera Down becomes a vampire? Becomes a vampire? <laughs> yes. This is what I was just thinking. This yeah. just needs a vampire stat. <laughs> like, I think oh Mr. Bates tweeted that Vera's going to become a zombie. Well, if Matthew gets his feet back, then we are officially in vampire territory because that is ridiculous. Why did we go through like what? I would love it though if he was if he was sort of feeling like maybe I'm not quite that paralyzed. Like just to hear the conversation where he talks around that with Lavinia would be priceless. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, Lavinia's back. How do you guys feel about that? She's like, I am not taking no for an answer, you. Oh, she's sweet. I, I like Lavinia. She's okay. Well, I feel like the last couple hours of the season are probably going to be action-packed with the way things are left at the end here. With the tingle in your pants, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I I uh I kind of spaced out because I was searching for good slash fiction. <laughs> I was like because I was curious what people were writing about, like what like so. There's all the predictable couples, obviously, like Anna and Bates and Matthew and Mary and Sybil and Branson. But there's also one that's like Lavinia and Edith. Ooh. <laughs> oh man, I... Lavinia <laughs> finds comfort in Edith's arms after Matthew uh, goes to Mary. Listen, that I just have pretty to... great. I just have to read. Edith was glad they could snatch these moments as Lavinia nuzzled her neck, kissing her earlobes in the lazy <laughs> haze that followed lovemaking. Oh. oh, my God. And you know that they use the word snatch on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> O-M-G. Oh. <laughs> Lavinia's eyes had burned into hers the entire time they had sat in polite company. Edith had difficulty concentrating on what they were saying as she stirred the lemon in her old gray and took pains to avoid Lavinia's haunted stare. Oh my god, this is amazing. Oh we have to each write our own, guys. This is awesome. We should each write one. I'm totally gonna write one. It's just great. This is I have to give props to Lady Oracle for her story Lies and Silence. That's awesome. Good job, Lady Oracle. Good yeah. job. I think Good I'm job. gonna do Carson and Jane. 
<laughs> Maybe he's so upset that she's always in these rooms with Lord Grantham because he yeah. wants her for his own. You guys, we are not. We didn't talk about Jane and Lord Grantham. Are they connecting Ugh. on the sad widow? He has a soft spot for sad widows. What is going he's on? He's being ignored. Cora's ignoring him. Jane keeps ending up in the rooms that he's in, sitting in the dark, being unhappy. There. Do we foreshadowing bl- much? Lord Lord Grantham would never I, do anything. I hope not. I hope not. I just think we really need to put ourselves in his shoes. I mean, how it's hard to eat lunch by yourself. It's really hard, <laughs> you know? And I just don't think we should judge him so hard. Especially when your wife is busy writing letters. And taking those letters from room to room. She's from room to room. <laughs> so if we were going to do a YouTube tribute video based on this episode, I mean, I guess it would have to be Patrick and Edith. Oh God! Oh, I don't even have a song to use though. I don't want to do this, but how about I'm on fire? Yes, I was trying to think like some song about fire. What about in your eyes? Because that's all recognizable. (laughs) Oh, what about you dropped a bomb on me? (laughs) Okay, Patrick and Edith's tribute video. So wait, so Patrick's never coming back, right? I don't know. Well, he seemed to be pretty gone at the end, but who knows? Vera keeps going away and coming back, so God. So he certainly confused. could. It's not like they're going to move anytime soon, so. I don't know. I'm just getting to a place right now where I really need Matthew and Mary to just embrace. Yeah, we need to see them kiss. Or we need like a little something to get it going. I found myself looking at a Matthew and Mary YouTube tribute video just because it had that <laughs> clip of when they first kissed at the table. You just, you just found yourself there? Yeah, yeah, it was totally an accident. <laughs> weird. Super weird. I don't know. Must have. Probably my husband had it up. Such a satisfying moment, that kiss though. It is. I was like, memories. Oh my god, if we don't get one of those by the end of the season, I'm going to flip out. I'm going to really die. need them to get together. I need, and oh, oh, do you guys think that the war is over, the good clothes can come back? <laughs> like, now they can start getting some new dresses. Like, don't you feel kind of cheated every time they wear something you've already seen? Yes. They, yes. they do that a lot, though. They do rewear their dresses. I appreciate that, actually. No, I, probably... I, I'm not saying it's not realism. I'm just saying I want to see more dresses. So no look on the YouTube video? No, nothing. That's it, guys. We can make ours. It's a big opening <laughs> No one's beat us to it. <laughs> our chance. Because no one is inspired by <laughs> Webster McWhitey. <laughs> yeah. Because he's the whiniest faceless man ever like when that guy um, auditioned how did they say you're the guy out of hundreds that probably auditioned <laughs> we want that voice like really so is there anything else to discuss ladies I don't think so well we only have two more episodes left yeah and they're both do- so next week we'll be talking about 120 minutes of glorious down Abbey. And then, thing the week after, they're going to barrel through this last part of the season. 
Well, I'm really excited. I feel like there's a lot of things hanging in the air, and I'm excited to see how they play out. I haven't lost faith. Yeah. I'm excited, too. And the war is over. The war is over. Dresses and cakes and guests. Oh, my. Long live the queen. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) All right. Well, I think this concludes another episode of Downton Gabby. If you don't know where to find us by now, just go to downtongabby.tumblr.com or on Facebook at Downton Gabby and Shocker on Twitter at Downton Gabby. Please send us a question before this podcast is over. We have yet to receive one. Please send us a talking point or question. We also enjoy the random compliment. So if it's not in question format, that's fine. Please feed our ego. Thanks so much. (laughs) Bye-bye.